Welcome to the Crater Podcast, a weekly show where we discuss all the JavaScript news that's happened on Crater.io this week. This 100th episode is for Tuesday, April 26, 2016. This week's episode is brought to you by Modulus.io. They are the single best hosting option available for Meteor right now. Go to Modulus.io and check them out. They offer a marketplace. They offer you Mongo databases. It's very easy to integrate with other Mongo databases. You know, they offer WebSocket support with sticky sessions. They do everything right for your Meteor app. I use them for everything that I'm doing. I would highly recommend you use them as well. Modulus.io. DigitalOcean is the best place to get your Meteor application off the ground quickly and the easiest to scale when you find success. I host Crater.io there, so I understand DigitalOcean. Start with a pre-configured one-click launch, such as Node.js, to get it up and running in 55 seconds, or build the exact infrastructure you need with root access to servers running 100% SSD and state-of-the-art data centers around the world. DigitalOcean is the fastest-growing cloud infrastructure provider because it's built for developers and laser-focused on its mission to create simple and elegant solutions for developers and teams. Use the promo code CRATER10 on the billing page when you sign up for $10 to get started. Welcome, Crater fans. I'm your host, Josh Owens, along with my plethora of co-hosts. We've got Abby Iyer with us. He's going to be... Hey, guys. How you doing? Coming to you live from San Francisco. And we got Ben Strahan with us. Yes, totally. So we just like showed up at the front doors of MDG, Abby and I. We just walked in and we just took a meeting room. Yeah, we're <laughs> I didn't, we didn't even say hi to anyone yet. <laughs> you know, we just like we just totally crashed this place. So <laughs> nice, nice. I love it. I love it. And so then we also have the OG co-host Rye Walker with us. Welcome, Rye. Uh, Cincinnati. No. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> show one hundred. Show one hundred. I went out and did like 100 push-ups and then ran like 100 miles all in honor of this. No, Dude, really. I drank 100 beers, so <laughs> I'm ready to go. <laughs> nice, nice. That's how I usually do it. <laughs> I think I sent 100 emails today. So. <laughs> oh, you drove, or you came over 100 miles. I slept 100 minutes. Oh, okay. That's awesome. Yeah, we all did 100. <laughs> On the plane? Hundreds. On the plane. Yes, snoring away. Nice. So this this week is going to be a little bit different. I thought we'd get all the co-hosts together. Uh, you know, we're missing Dean. I didn't even think about Dean. Dang it. Oops. Wow. Whoops. Sorry, Dean. I don't know if he listens anymore. He's like off in node land. Yeah, and so I just I thought we'd all get together and kind of talk about the state of Meteor. This started yeah. as Meteor podcast, and uh, I think we've we've kind of morphed and started covering more news. Uh, definitely a lot more React news, but I don't know. I, I thought it would be really kind of interesting to stop and reflect where the Meteor community's at and where it's headed and what that's going to be like in the future. So yeah, and then I want to hear about the future of, of this podcast. Yeah. Now, now that Abby's on board, I want I want to know what you guys have been cooking. What to expect. Yeah. I don't know if it'll be much different. 
Oh, <laughs> trust me, it's going to be different with this guy. <laughs> nice. Maybe that's maybe that's our first question. We we got some questions on the uh, the YouTube channel. Like, where where's Ben going? Why is he leaving? What's going on? Oh, yeah. Yes. This is news for Rye. Yeah, I don't know anything about this. Yeah, so doing all this stuff with Josh is amazing and being part of the community. And so I totally, like, found what I wanted my career to be, which was a developer advocate or evangelist. Uh, I got all, all those check boxes, but I've never had the opportunity to, like, put all those skills together into one. Cool. So I'll be going to a company called connect.io uh, May 20th, but May 20th, they're rebranding their company. Oh. So and it's kind of top secret. Right now, so I can't. Uh, say. So but you can only give it will be revealed at maker at make fair or maker fair out in San Francisco. My first day on the job, I'm actually flying out to San Francisco. I'm going to be back here. I'll be back here on the first day. Have you ever been to that, Ben? I haven't, no. It's a I'm lot of fun, excited. man. I, I went one year. It was pretty awesome. Oh, Maker, Maker Field? Yeah, Maker, Maker Fair. Fest. Yeah, something like that. That's going to be cool the first day. Yes, yes awesome. I'm totally murdering right now. Like, this is my job to know these things. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that meeting, <laughs> or that, that conference. But no, I read about it. It's, like, super exciting. So I'm, I'm stoked to do it. And I'm stoked to, like, kind of step into the next season of my career. So super excited and very happy and to be a part of this and everything that Josh was doing and everything. And I'm handing it over to Avi, one of my very good friends, Avi. Yeah. So is, there, is there JavaScript there? Is there Meteor there? So it's interesting. So it's like uh, the maker community. They, they have a couple boards that they made. And primarily, they are a cell service. So like you can get a Wi-Fi board or a Bluetooth board to stay connected. But how can you like connect to the internet uh, through like cellular without having a phone. So they got like a board and they have a whole nation or worldwide network uh, that they sell. So they're really just a cell provider and they, bu- they built the board on the side. So for Meteor, there's, there's JavaScript, but then I'll also be working with all other languages. They have different SDKs and everything. So I'm, I'm pretty stoked to like get all those different experiences. Yeah. It's going to be a completely new community too. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a community that, doesn't cry on forum posts and stuff, right? It's interesting. No, no podcasts have to be created because of this, you know, this community that you're joining, right? <laughs> I, I like that you think that. Dude, like, there might be someone that walks by, man. <laughs> we're, we're behind the enemy lines. Yes, right we are. We are in the valley of the I love that we fostered this culture of, like, enemy lines. <laughs> Oh, for the listeners, no. I'm shaking my head right now. So. <laughs> Rise like I don't want to be part of this. <laughs> it is actually kind of cool that you guys ended up like we delayed the the taping a couple of days just because you guys were going to be at MDG together. So that yeah, is kinda cool. It's the first time like we're, we met each other like in person. So actually, you know, that was another question I had. Is like, let's go around and what's your favorite memory? of the like doing the podcast in some way and i'll start <laughs> and i'm gonna say i don't know if we ever published it but ryan and i did one in the car on the way to the airport do you remember that yeah we, we like bought the gear at like guitar center yeah on the way yeah back to the airport 
Yeah. <laughs> well, we bought it because we thought we'd interview like Matt or someone at MDG, but then yeah. like they were too busy. And then we had to get a podcast out. So we like got all the show notes together and like ordered an Uber and set up in the car and recorded it in the car. That's yeah. awesome. And I, and I remember yeah. I left my iPhone in the car during that trip too. It's like yes. an Uber. in so. an Uber. That was cool. <laughs> it's not a good thing. Oh, wow. Nice. <laughs> so what, besides that, what's your favorite? My favorite. Or his favorite. You talking to me? Me? Him? You? Me? me. Uh, <laughs> we'll go with Rye. All right. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to remember what our first one was. Uh, do you remember the fir- very first podcast where we did that or anything? It would have been at Centrifuge, I would think. Yeah, I can't even remember the first one, but I should go back and listen to that. But that's probably my favorite one because I like, you know, I love the idea of starting something and like nobody listened to it and I can't even remember it. But <laughs> it's like that important first step, right? Of just deciding to do something and, and, uh, and it probably sounded terrible. <laughs> yeah, it's probably horrible. It's like, a, yeah, you should probably make, get, a, get a snippet of it and maybe play it in this. Uh, uh, I know you don't do any editing, but uh, yeah, be, we'll, we'll make Chris do it. Go find it, Chris, and put put a little intro snippet or something. See in. how bad it was. Find the worst moment from that podcast. That's my favorite moment. Nice, <laughs> nice. That's awesome. What's yours? My favorite moment is probably when I got really drunk at Space Camp. <laughs> That's. I think that's my second. Maybe it was like it was like ten minutes after meeting Josh, and then we had to go on to film this show. Yeah, you guys were way late, like getting there with the van. Yeah, I don't. Took you like all day to get there. We had a bunch of like side things that we had to do, but anyway, Carl Danninger from uh, OK Grow was was uh, giving me scotch for the first time ever in my life, (laughs) and it just like hit me when I'm sitting there, and then before I know it. Like I'm being loud, I'm being obnoxious. I have Chet Corcos sitting in my lap, staring <laughs> into my eyes, and then, and then like from a like right in front of me, I finally make eye contact with Paul Dowman, and he's like really straight faced, and I'm like, oh. and I sober up that second. I'm like, oh man, I'm you're fired. fired. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's um, a good one. That, that, <laughs> yeah. So what are you? What's your favorite moment now? <laughs> Um, I have so many, I have so many favorite moments, you know, because I've been on the show for like four times. Um, <laughs> You're a listener favorite, too. You could say your favorite. Yeah, my moment. favorite uh, creator moment. I've actually listened to this show with every single podcast, like or every single host on the show right now. Like when Rye was doing it consistently, I watched every episode, and then Ben started doing it, and then for some reason Dean started doing it for a little bit, and there was like a little switch off. And then just been for a long time, and then now I started doing it. My favorite one, or my favorite moment of the Creator Podcast, was when someone commented on YouTube saying that Ben sucks, <laughs> and, uh, and then Ben took super offense to that. So, like the next show that we did, the Ben and Hobby version of the YouTube show, he called him out, which is, I thought was great. Yeah, that's funny. He edited it too. You didn't see. Oh, oh yeah, the, yeah. Oh. The comment got yeah, edited was, like four he was, times. Like, put in like. I don't know what he was doing, but he was like saying, I wish Ben gets really sick so he can't do transmission anymore and all that stuff. And I'm like, oh my gosh. I still remember that. He's like, I can't stand Ben's pessimistic view on everything. Wow. (laughs) The bright side of that is that guy liked me. So that was cool. (laughs) You know, like... (laughs) I think it was a joke that it was actually Josh, right? But, uh, <laughs> yeah. 
was Josh's little it was Josh's Josh's other account just to like mess with you, you know? Yeah. He's like he's like, look, Ben, the door's open. You should go out. <laughs> Get out of here. No, no, no. But it was funny because you did like troll the YouTube community. I think the episode before it was terrible. Comments are terrible. Nobody leaves good comments there. And then like the next episode, like you're getting nasty comments on YouTube. (laughs) This show has grown a lot though. I I think like back when we were just covering like meteor topics, like, uh, it was hard to get involved, like it was hard to stay connected to the show every week because not every week there was like amazing meteor topics to talking mm. about. So they used to be like really like like nice hitting like good shows, and then some weeks were a little off. And then ever since we made it like open to all types of JavaScript news, like I will say like every week has at least you know half the show is super interesting. And then sometimes maybe we like you know sometimes we we cover some small stuff like you know putting stuff on, uh, like, those, like, small tutorials and stuff. But, like, like that Redux tutorial stuff? Yeah, yeah like, all those Redux <laughs> tutorials and, like, Blaze tutorials. Those are awesome, stuff. by the way. <laughs> yeah. That's killer, man. So I think it, the show is like, grown in breadth, and, like, I think it's only going to get bigger in terms of, like, what we talk about. Especially since we have a, a person who's going to go into, like, the makers community. Maybe we can learn some things there and, like, you know, bring that into the show. <laughs> he, he's going to be trolling us with all his, like, blog posts and stuff. <laughs> On creator. <laughs> I'm just going to make new accounts and just troll him back. So it's going to be okay. <laughs> so that was like a big redux. I remember that redux episode. I remember I was sitting in a, in the, in the uh, window seat of an airplane, looking out, listening to that podcast. That, that was a good, that was a good one. <laughs> Thanks. <The first> one. <laughs> uh, redux. What's this redux? Oh no. Yeah, more, more stuff, more stuff to learn. Huh? Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's it's been interesting, like how much, like even just this week, there's been a lot more React news. I think the Meteor news on Crater, which has been an interesting shift. Yeah. That that brings up an interesting question. Like, I've kind of shifted. I was forced to work on Blaze this week, and it was terrible. Um, oh man! End of last week, it was really terrible. Um, and like it was, it was actually Blaze performance problems. So it was like oh, even worse. Yeah. You know, I got done with that and I'm like, yeah, I told the client they need to switch to React. Like, how are you guys feeling about React now? Like, are you guys kind of full time into React or like, I guess, where's that at? We'll start with Ben. I'm interested with... We'll start with Avi, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So before before 1.2, my app or our app at WorkPop was 100% Blaze. Like, it was 100% Blaze with a lot of abstractions to get around Blaze's like core uh, issues, right? We like we wrote helper libraries that were so specific to WorkPop that uh, eased certain situations. That we actually had more technical debt when we decided to go to React. We we had so much more technical debt because of all these abstractions that we built, you know. And we built such a tight knit system that people knew those abstractions, and we literally had to burn them on fire and get rid of them, right? Uh, so from there. We decided to go to React, but we couldn't go 100% on day one. So what we did is we used the React template helper, which allows you to put uh, React components in Blaze. And we essentially started at the smallest of components. So like, let's say we're in a huge Blaze template and we went to the button. We changed the button to React. And then we changed the container into React. And then we changed the nav bar. And we went from the, the root up 
and that really helped us get into React. I'll say right now my 100% focus is in React. Some of my teammates still have to use Blaze in our legacy products, but uh, I've, I've been put on the, the team of like, how are we going to push our front end forward given React and the tools, and then uh, people have to maintain the old stuff. Sucks for them. Great for me, though. It's been 100% buy-in by my company because every, every time we have a bug with Blaze, old legacy Blaze, we don't even really think about how we're going to solve the Blaze problem because it'll probably take us less time to just write it in React and have that faith that it's going to be performant. And we haven't been wrong yet. We haven't had like crazy table renders and all that stuff that usually sucks in Blaze. So on my side, it's been pretty great since 1.2. Yeah, no, no complaints about React and like 100% buy-in for sure on my team. So, Yeah, with me, it's, it's just uh, I, I kind of like had projects that were like a small team that were like left in place. So I had to like work in that for a while. I built a huge mobile platform that was like built in Meteoric, <laughs> which is like... A wonderful thing to maintain. Luckily, Nick made me a contributor to that library, so if anything comes up, I can. But, uh, right? <laughs> I kind of like lived in Blaze for a little too long and, and kind of did side things with React or whatnot, but made a shift about three months ago, I'd say. All new projects uh, were 100% React. It was like no question about it. I think going forward now, from this point forward, we're going to start using React Router as a default too. Like we've been playing with Flow Router, React Router, or whatnot. But I think we're going to be going more and more in the, in the React world, um, and then especially with like Apollo coming out and GraphQL. It's just now our attitude is like we buy in early, at OK Grow, and like and we go all that direction because it's like clear as day now where everything's yeah. Going. If you buy in early, your content is the earliest of content which is kind of good and bad, right? Like as, you know, as OK grows like a, like a consultancy, like they want to have mind share on the things they're working on. Like Apollo is very new and like they start blogging about that. You guys could be like the first first movers, right? Mm-hmm. And then you know, more, maybe more people will come to you for like those, those projects. Yeah. Yeah. It's tricky, right? Because you got to feel like you're picking the right one. So exactly. I'm kind of curious though, like, because, uh, like rise opinion as a CEO now, like what's your opinion on blaze versus react? And like, yeah, you're the guy spending yeah. the money, right? Yeah. Well, I, 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 like, we're all like react, upgrade react. And you're uh, like, how many hours is that? <laughs> no, see, I, I have a very, I, I remember we were talking about this a couple of months ago. Um, Josh, I don't remember if it was on the podcast or if we were just having lunch, but, uh, where I was like, I don't know, like, you know, in, at the end, of course, we're using React. And, and you know, I used, we used Meteor in 2013, you know, we're, we're these crazy people that, that will be super early adopters. That's why we did all this in the first place. So it was never, you know, I mean, I did have a debate for a moment, like, just because it's new. Yeah, but like, the other thing we're doing inside of Astronomer is we're using ES7, you know, so we, we had a meeting in LA last week. Uh, we were showing off our code to some smart dudes in LA and, you know, we should like, what's that? Like, what's that? it's like a little decorator thing going on an ES7. And, uh, you know, he's like, oh, safety's off, huh? You know, so we have this Cincinnati <laughs> company that's just right on the freaking edge of everything. So, of course, we're going to use React and, of course, we'll use Apollo. We'll use everything that's edge. That's just in our blood. I actually think from a startup standpoint, it's so important to be that way because it really helps with recruiting, you know, like, 
I can get anybody, any smart dev, I tell them, hey, here's a React project. Like, there's a high chance they'll jump in. Or if I say it's ES7, you know? Uh, so, yeah, I think it's, um, it's or a really... Polymer. Yeah, Polymer. Polymer. Polymer is awesome. <laughs> that was a big battle. Was that, was that the last presentation that you gave out here? Could have been. And Polymer was cool. It was a good idea. You know, but yeah, so you're not always right. Um, but, you know, it's, to me, it was, it was closer to React than it was to Blaze. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I have a question on that. Like, so my company, we did the same thing. We were, we were a lot younger yeah. and we picked the edge. We picked the edge and that's, that is a good advice for a young company. Yeah. Let's say you get 30 engineers and 10 of them don't care about edge. They're like, I've been building Java services for 20 years. Why do I need to, like, this could be way easier if I just did not use this new technology. Right? Yeah. And I think it's tricky. Like if you hire a CTO in that is, older uh, or you know like I, there's a startup in town that hired a java dude after they had been using some more cutting edge stuff and he started tearing everything down and turning it into java that didn't work out after a few years and they got rid of them and now they're back so i think it's, it's tough like leadership has to really support that so from the ceo down like greg's our cto he's right with me on this so we're super aligned you know it's really That's important good. yeah just, so i would say despite it all like i don't really want curmudgeons in our company that say, you know, that the latest stuff isn't the best stuff. It's just fun. It's just fun to be on the edge. It's fun to be able to, you know, have that learning mode happening all the time. And I don't really think it's that much riskier, you know, like you can always roll back to the previous version of Meteor as you're upgrading it. And I I just worked for a lot of companies where like we were on Rails 2, our customers back in the day, Rails 2, but Rails was on Rails 4. And it's just like a really world to live in you know so i'd say keep it keep it on the edge it's the new normal my book yeah hallelujah (laughs) i definitely think like being on the edge can be good and like i i tend to just throw myself into it too like i uh recently i guess back in february did an updated class and we gave it on like an rc version of 1.3 it wasn't even fully baked. I, I gave the class again in April and like quite a bit had actually changed from February to April even. When yeah, RC might not be what you want to use, you know, yeah. for anything, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I but, generally skip RCs for the most part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I wanted to force myself to get into React and get into Meteor 1.3 and use imports. You know, I think it's, it's definitely much improved as from like a developer perspective, opening a file that's in a 1.3 syntax style for the most part reads a lot better to me than the old way. So yeah, it reads like how everybody else is writing code for the last couple of years while we weren't right. So it's nice to see some familiarity in, in the new meteor code and then old, you know, other NPM modules is seems relatively the same. Right. So that's good. Yeah, and of course, we were using CoffeeScript through this whole thing, too. So, <laughs> you, you know, I never even knew what normal code looked like. I remember showing in one of our uh, in one of the Meteor um, uh, Vanguard things some of the code I had written for Assistant I.O. And I had all these, I had these nested things going on because of, like, weird problems I was having with Google's API. And he just was like, what am I looking at? <laughs> like, this is just the most bizarre code I've ever seen in my life, you know? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way to start something. (laughs) It's like, 
You know, it's funny. Like, I feel that way. I have a client. It's an older client. And anytime I have to get in that project, like, it's all on CoffeeScript. And I had actually already switched to JavaScript at that point. But designer that I had hired did everything in CoffeeScript. And I was like, eh, we'll just go with it. Like, I know it. Now the, like, the the in-house team is starting to maintain it. And they're like, we don't know CoffeeScript. (laughs) (laughs) I feel so terrible for that, but. Yeah, they're going to use some, like, converter, and then their code is going to look really ugly because they went from, like, CoffeeScript to JavaScript. Oh. Yeah. All right, what's the next question, Josh? Oh, no, what are you doing? You're, you're obviously React, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 100% buy-in on React myself. I think it's it's definitely – it's a huge community, right? Like, Ben and I were looking at the stats, I think, and – the download stats for like one day of React Router equals like all time downloads of Flow Router ever. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was Iron Router's number. It was oh, Iron wow. Router's number. Yes, one day of React Router is. It was. Is that either, right? It was like a year of Iron Router. Mm, maybe that was it. Yeah. I thought it was a day of Flow Router, but it it was already like way past Iron Router too. And I think that's where. After that day, I remember that being like a turning point where I was like, okay, we, like, I kind of like pushed it where everything needs to be like the React stack. If you've got that many developers uh, contributing and being part of that community and like we're like one one hundredth of that, like, it's a no brainer. If we're able to integrate their library, then go for it. Like, yeah. 100%. Yeah. That's what happens to doing too, pushing the envelope and really like telling the community like, hey, this is how you should handle state. You know, it's out there. Tons of people are using it. So, like, why aren't you? And then giving, like, practical examples, tutorials. Yeah. I think the thing that has plagued us as Meteor developers is the fact that we've we've been using systems that were built, like, to me, it sounds, it seems like they were built because they were just for the fun of it, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, a good way, to, a good way to, to describe this is, like, two weeks ago, I had to build a drop-down component. And... It was on the weekend, and I was just, like, chilling. And I was like, oh, yeah, I could go to NPM, or I could just build this myself because I'm so smart and I'm so great. So I built it myself, right? And wait, wait, wait. I want to stop there. So, <laughs> so in the, in the head of like, Abby, this, this is a metaphor, Abby right? land here. This is a metaphor, okay? We're going to go. <laughs> so I'm so great and I'm so smart, and I'm going to build this drop-down component. And I, I launched it on Tuesday for a release day, and it doesn't work on mobile. I didn't think mm. about that. Mm. And think about mobile, you know, like, yeah. So what I do, I said, like, oh, you know what? I'll fix it in two weeks. You know, I don't have time to fix it today. Mm. I'll fix it when I when I want. And my coworker was like, oh, I can fix it for you. I have a PR. I was like, nah, man, I got I to gotta do it. I got to fix this drop-down component myself. I don't want your PR. I'm sorry. So... <laughs> Okay, yeah, anyway, so back to the story. I think, I think you should have, like, a film crew inside WordPress offices. I want to, like, I want to see this reality show. This is, this is an MDG parable right here, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. So what I was describing oh. is an MDG parable, and, like, that's, what, that's the world we lived in before 1.3. We were, li- we were living with technology that was not considered... Like, from the other sources, right? I'm going to love this show from now Well, on. you know... It, Here's the thing I'll say about that. Like maybe from the outside, it, it might look like not invented here syndrome or ivory tower syndrome or something along those lines. But I, I will say you have to look back and think like when I started with zero six, 
media that was like back in 2013 like there weren't npm libraries that were loaded into the browser back then you know like Mm -hmm. so i mean they they were inventing a lot of infrastructure that didn't exist and now like that infrastructure exists sadly like maybe maybe the downside is that they didn't do a good job of figuring out how to share it and like make it community standards so now we're instead adopting other community standards. But I think it takes a lot of time and effort to, to really put that stuff out there and get it adopted in the first place, you know? Yeah, I think that was a big thing. And now, like, something better is coming along, and so they're shifting. So I think it's just all part of growing up. Yeah, it's a growing pains for yeah. sure. Yeah, growing. I'd also say they tested, they tested, like, hey, maybe Blaze should be standalone. They, they you know, it wasn't they a try. It wasn't a huge test, but it wasn't a big success. So yeah, you know, I mean, that's the thing. Like it wasn't blaze. Wasn't ready to stand alone. Um, well, you know, and I'll say like, I'll ding them on this one. Right. Because they did try to launch blaze as a standalone thing, but I think they did a really poor job. And I talked about this in a blog post I wrote about like why MDG needs Facebook and react. Like you can go see, like there's just tumbleweeds in the Google group that they created yeah, where they wanted to like support Blaze and they really didn't like have anyone show up there to support it. And they didn't really, like if you go look, that repo is like not updated in a long time. Like it's, it's just, I think a lot of people had a lot of questions that went unanswered. And once that happens, like the biggest thing to me that'll kill a project is bad documentation. Yeah. And I think that's, that's kind of what happened when they try to spin Blaze out on its own. You know, I would just say like a failed experiment in a startup is a success, you know? Yeah. So that's true. Agree with that. they had this hunch, maybe they didn't really feel the pool they wanted. Now, again, it'd be nice if you clean up your mess after that, but cleaning up your mess takes more time than it is just to leave it there. And, you know, we've got a ton of messes at astronomers that we've left on the internet. Um, <laughs> I wish we had time to clean them all up, but uh, you know, even just even in the differential GitHub repo, we still have some messes left over there. I'm sure, you know, Josh, yes. <laughs> repos that need to be gone, but it's just more work. So yeah, I don't know. it's just like, to me, react just came in like a freight train from the side and just smashed that. And it's good. I mean, it's good. It's good that we have a, like across technology. I mean, I think like the .NET people are using it and the Rails people are using it. Like everyone's using this. So it's great because it's standardizing that front end, you know? Yeah. Once places like Netflix and Facebook get behind it, it feels much bigger too. So, Mm -hmm. and other people's minds anyway, like that's good for adoption. For sure. So I'm curious now that we talked a little bit about the past of MDG and Meteor, what do you guys think about the future? Now that we kind of know what's coming. Oh, wow. Right. <laughs> <laughs> My first, yeah, that's a big sigh. <laughs> no, I, I want to say, I'll give, I, I want to give props to MDG. Like uh, there's like probably about five companies that are pretty influential in how we approach astronomer. And, and one of them is Meteor, MDG. Uh, you know, I just love the approach of how they, they launched the, the complete openness. I love that they launched it without the user packages back in the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, you know, they took a lot of flack from that, but they also got a lot of feedback there. Yeah, I think there's a lot, a lot for us to learn from, from MDG and how they've, you know, I know they tried to do galaxy once and it, and it kind of petered out, you know, so this galaxy was actually galaxy two. Um, so if you think about that, if the sequencing could have been different, um, you know, but again, welcome to the world of startups. Um, yeah. 
I mean, I think I think that it's uh, the Apollo stuff seems really smart and good. I haven't really like figured out exactly what that means because uh, I haven't played with it yet because it's uh, you know just not ready for me yet. It's a, they're growing up. Obviously, they're dealing with bigger companies, and I know that there's a lot of. I, I just go back to like how how we're doing it. Like I've had so many different versions of our pricing page, and I've confused so many people on how to do price. You know, like. What's a stronger? Is it free? Is it blood? I'm like, uh, you know, whatever. It's everything. <laughs> Send me a check. <laughs> I, have, I have a lot of compassion for what they've done because uh, I'm basically trying to do the same thing and I'm doing it worse, you know, to be honest. But again, they have a lot more money than me. So they, they <laughs> it's, it's, hard, it's hard to do things all straight A's when you're, when you're working with uh, limited resources. Startups are hard. A lot of things to juggle. Yep. So that's my take. I, I, I just think whatever they do is going to be great. That's my attitude on it. It's like they're doing the best they can. They've done pretty good so far. That's <laughs> a good attitude, yeah. for yep. sure. Counterpoint. Mm, <laughs> like, yeah. there's always, like there's definitely like dust bunnies on the floor and all that stuff. Like, like it's not yeah. perfect. But, yeah. but, you know, we were all still building apps in it. Yeah. You know, and, and, and uh, with us being as astute as we are, and we still pick it as our platform, like that's pretty darn awesome. Yeah, for me, is like Meteor has evolved than, than just like an application development framework. When I first used Meteor and Blaze, it seemed like I was there was this whole concept of the Meteor way, and I remember having to tell people like that's not the Meteor way, you know. And I realized the Meteor way is a is a myth, you know. It's just the way the Meteor way is not any is not anything. It's just how do you build really performant, efficient, reactive applications. And that's not the Meteor way. That's just the way. Cool. And um, how, how is Meteor helping us now, right? Well, since 1.3 in the future, like, I think Meteor is just the best cure for JavaScript fatigue. Uh, if you look at JavaScript today, you have to know so many different toolings. You have to know Babel. You have to know Webpack or Browserify. You have to pick a front-end framework. You have to pick a back-end Express or Koa or whatever you like, you know, and then you have to you have to do some type of DevOps, right? You know, put on DigitalOcean. This is so much fatigue, and especially like for someone who is just getting into this, or is kind of like a mid-level, where they they probably to 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 have their own app, they need to know people or pay a lot of money to accomplish this. I think Meteor is the perfect cure for JavaScript fatigue because it ships a build tool, though it's pretty slow. That's a negative. Uh, <laughs> though slow. It will handle whatever you wanted to get out of Grunt. It'll handle the Webpack situation for you, the Babel situation. You can ship your code to Galaxy, so the hosting situation is covered. You got first-class support for React, Blaze, and Angular. You have the whole package there, and you I don't see anybody in the Meteor community getting fatigued by anything those React developers were complaining about two months ago. Because with us, you hit, you say npm install React, and then you type Meteor, and everything is done. Like you can start building something right away. Yeah, I mean, I would agree with that. Like, I, I did a code review for a client the other day, and they're on Meteor 1.2, and they used an npm version of React. They had, like, a custom browser of I set up and all that kind of stuff, and it was actually a little more painful than I wanted it to be. And I told the customer that they should probably switch to 
one three and and use the the stuff that's in Meteor now because it it works a lot better. I'm a little bit sad. Like they, I know that we were all like tired and frustrated, and we wanted to see one three ship. But at the same time, like I feel like one three wasn't quite ready when they shipped it. There were some pieces missing, which they've been adding with smaller releases, which has also been interesting. Had a little bit of that's st- interesting because like I can't imagine one point three being any bigger. Like it, that was that was a big release. It was, but I mean, like you're you're in this weird hybrid state of waiting on Meteor itself to be on npm. Like, there's no good way for me to create an npm package in Meteor or on npm that like requires pieces of Meteor. Yeah, like there's some hacks you can do that make it work, but and we'll get there. I think we'll get there, and that to me, that'll be the the huge piece, right? Because once all those little packages are on there, right? If we think about like, for me, I think about what Rails look like and people could go out and build a Sinatra app and still pull in active record. I think that's going to become really, really interesting when we can draw in even more developers to work on parts of Meteor and, and they're, they're not necessarily using the whole thing, you know? Yeah. Like that, to me, that'll, that'll bring a lot of growth. I was going to say, I wonder if part of the challenge is, like, I remember, again, I'm going to go back to my Rails days, and DHH was there, and he was, like, so opinionated, and he helped drive, like, I, I feel like one of the things that would be really helpful in Meteor, 1.3, 1.4, whatever, going forward, are deprecations against mm-hmm. the media way, you know, like, just really rich deprecations, like, just, like, tell me if, like, if I'm using Iron Router, just say you shouldn't be using Iron Router, you know, it's just yeah. a fact, right? If you can, you can ignore that somehow, fine, but... You know, DHH always did a really good job of like saying, you know, F this, F that, choosing, telling us what to do. And is, is, does that person exist at MDG uh, to the extent it needs to? I mean, there's definitely a few guys that are somewhat opinionated, but just not quite as, uh, as, as strong of a leader, you know? Yeah, um, I would tend to agree with that because like we haven't seen any deprecation. Like one three shipped and like we now have to shove everything into the imports folder. There's no way for us to get rid of eager loading and move to a full import setup. So like that to me is like, we should have at least a deprecation to say like, Oh, Hey, you're, I mean, maybe it's harder to write because we're relying on globals, but I bet there's a way to detect that you're relying on a global and not importing what you need. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's an interesting standpoint. So like rails was open source and they didn't have a business based on rails. You know, Rails was an outshoot of a business. And so Meteor is a different business plan altogether where they're building something and that's what their job is. And now they're going to like have a business off of that. So I think the problem is that businesses are too far misaligned. Like building a DevOps company to do hosting is too far away from building a framework like Meteor, in my opinion. I think it's closer than Basecamp was though. Basecamp was a work management thing and you had this web framework and here you have a web hosting company with a framework. Those seem to me like they should be more compatible. Maybe they're too close, you know? Uh, yeah. Well, I feel like, you know, like the, the 37 signals guys could, if you look, the top three contributors all worked at 37 signals, you know? And so they would, they would do some work and then like extract that idea out to rails. Whereas I think like a lot of the work that's happening is happening in Docker or EC2 or like, it's not happening necessarily. Like there's a very little piece of galaxy that's built in Meteor and that's it. Yeah. There should definitely be some external people on the Meteor core team for the open source project. That's just like a, I mean, a no brainer. It's like, 
they haven't done that yet, right? That's still the case that it's still yeah, inside it's, people. It's on their roadmap. Oh, yeah. It's on their roadmap. Well, that one seems like an easy one to get off your roadmap. You know? <laughs> uh, so I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's the other thing that happened too. Like you know, again, I, I know from the, the VC standpoint, like they they started launching this stuff like at Series B, and that's when you get these really serious business VCs involved. Mm-hmm. And revenue, revenue is important and getting along with and going after big markets are important. So again, I kind of wish like that Galaxy would have launched back in the earlier days because they probably would, it would have been structured differently, I think. Mm-hmm. I think it could have changed a lot of things. And maybe uh, the whole Blaze, you know, React thing could have been a different story too. But, you know, again, like startups, you just deal with what happens. And yeah. um, I, I think that, you know, again, 1.3 was a bit of a silver reaction to the React train slamming into the side of them. I know it's, it's, it seems like it was slow motion response from the inside of the media community, but from the outside, I think they really did a good job of um, dealing with that, that side swipe, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you were a brand new developer coming in, or I would say, no, like you're, you're the same developer that you are, but you didn't use media in the past. You have a new project coming. You're, in, you're interested in media. You're also interested in other things as well. Would you would you check Meteor out? You know, or is all this drama that we're talking about too much? Yeah, I mean, for me, I would just say like, and I'm be honest, like as soon as things get complicated, I'm looking for the next framework that's simple again. You know, mm-hmm. and I think that that's you know, you guys have had some conversations on the podcast around that, and you know, I think that, that certainly Meteor is at a risk for something simpler to pop through that's opinionated again and small, and you could write just one big long document, you could read it and like be excited to start working on it. I don't know if that's the current state of Meteor. Um, seems like there's some complication there, you know? Yeah. I think I would like definitely pick Meteor again. So I'm interested in this new job that I'm going to, that I'm going to be experiencing more languages and more frameworks or whatnot. And I have this hypothesis that Meteor is still going to stay my preferred stack. And if that comes true, then I would have to say like, you know, maybe the maybe the past was painful or whatnot, but if I'm still recommending Meteor to people in the future, then I think MDG did their job. Did, did they do it perfectly? No. Uh, but no one does anything perfect, especially when they're creating something brand new. Um, I, like, I, th- I think they're good. They got, they got staying power. They got a lot of good stuff. I'm excited for them. I'm kind of sad a little bit that I'm not going to be so much involved in the Meteor world. And that says something right there. Yeah. That, like, I'm going to miss it because it's like, Awesomeness. Yeah, I I think any sizable community comes with uh, drama, right? Like, there's I think there's even a Ruby or a Rails drama Twitter account that like tracks like <laughs> days since last drama. Yeah, yeah. Dude, <laughs> do it, do it. No, we are like one minded. <laughs> wow, that that all our idea. <laughs> that guy totally trolled us today. Um, <laughs> He laid, laid on his horn the entire time. You know, anytime that you have people that are passionate about the technology, like the thing that I, I do admire about media right now is that a lot of the, the drama does center around like development or technical choices or, you know, there's not as much around like these people are being terrible or somehow hurting our community. Like we haven't had a whole lot of that, which I think is really, really great. Like I've, I've run a couple conferences. We really haven't had too many problems come out of those. So like, I'm very, very happy with that personally. I think the media community has been great in that way. Um, I don't know. I'm kind of curious to hear Abby's answer to this question. 
Because you've yeah. played with feathers now too. Yeah, I play with feathers, and um, let's just, okay. Let's be straight up then. Before one point three, before one point three, I would recommend Meteor to junior people, people who want to get into it. They want to learn web development. Sure, I think one point three and beyond. I would not recommend to a new person. Probably, and I wouldn't recommend feathers to a new person either. Because these are for professional developers, I think these frameworks are going to become for really for professional enterprise customers or people like us who our living wage is based on doing this stuff every day. And I don't think it's going to be good for people who just want to work on a Saturday afternoon at a coffee shop for an hour. And you know, contrary to what Rye said, I don't think it's going to be one of those things where you read one document and you're ready to go. Because I think. You know, as a professional developer, there's just so many facets that you need to know, and I think a framework that can help you plug and play all those things requires a little bit of experience. Yeah. You know? Well, it's interesting because, like, originally I, I read some of like Meteor's early pitch decks, for example. Yeah. Um, I'm supposed to see this, but they didn't give it to me. But I got it from some other source, and they were targeting like junior intermediate developers with this framework. It was awesome. Like, and, that, and I realized like that's why it was so easy to learn in the beginning because like they yeah. literally they were aiming at us at, at, the, at the junior level. And I remember I did a little talk about how this is the new PHP because it's like as easy as PHP, but it's not as PHP, right? Yeah. In a lot of ways. But um, yeah, I agree. Like it's now become a pro tool and I'm going to always default to, I, if I can work in a tool that's designed for amateurs, it means it's easier, you know, and if it can get the job done and, and Meteor did at the time, it built the right apps and it felt like it was easy to use. And so I'm, you know, I'm always seeking that. Maybe, maybe Meteor can get back to that after this, um, you know, the Blaze Re- React thing calms down, but like when I look at Apollo, like the, the other thing I loved about Meteor was was it just it was just Mongo, and that was it, you know. And now that's going to go away, you know. And that's that to me is like a, it's a sad thing from a simplicity standpoint, but it, pro- it has to be done from a professional tool standpoint, you know. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Because as your team gets more mature, they want more control yeah. on every piece of the pie. They want control about everything. And Meteor months ago did not have that control, even with the new build plugin stuff that came out in 1.2, that's more control. And it's still in a meteor way, but you know, I've written a couple of build plugins for my company. So like little steps like that helped me realize that this is gonna be a professional tool. I don't know if, like we already see beginners are really confused with the 1.3 tutorial. They don't know how to like import, export stuff, you know, like they're well, like confused about collection declarations. Like I've seen a bunch of questions about it, right? Yeah. Interesting. Then my question becomes, is that because the Meteor 1.3 guide is such a far departure from how other places, other tutorials are telling people how to build stuff? Like if, yeah. you look, if you go get Discover Meteor, like I literally ran across a post the other day and read it where a guy's like, I want Discover Meteor, but for Meteor 1.3. And it's like, yeah. that doesn't exist at all. And there's no like, you know, nothing. Yeah, Sasha. Sasha. You know what? It doesn't exist. You know what? Because <laughs> Sasha, Sasha and Tom, their their tone and the way they are approaching the content is different than the Meteor Guide. I mm. feel like the Meteor Guide has like some assumption that you already looked, you already banged your head on the keyboard for hours before you came here yeah. to get help. You know, but with Sasha, Sasha like assumes you know nothing, doesn't care if you know anything, and will still do the same like Sasha tone where it's like really professional, really like 
positive and kind of fun, you know. And he's a great designer, so it's really easy on the eyes too. Well, and know? also, like that was yeah. that was his life. So like when Meteor came along, like he was moving from front end, and then Meteor came along. He's like, "Wow, look what's available to me!" And then he became a full stack de- developer through Meteor. So he was actually like, "Discover Meteor" was like his story, yeah, pretty much. And then Tom came in to help him because there's so many rough edges. I think the same thing with with Rails. Again, I'm going back to that. Like there was this. Uh, Agile web development with Ruby on Rails book. I remember it was so awesome, and I read that thing ten times. But now it's the Rails guide, and if you go to the Rails guide, it's just big and ugh. I, you know, I, again, if I'm learning from scratch, I never tell anyone to go to Rails. All this stuff is open source, though. Like I know, but we're the more experienced ones. If we got an issue with Meteor Guide, we should like yeah. we should do it. Yeah, because also, also we we are. We're trolling them saying like, oh, in the past you guys controlled everything. Why didn't you give up more stuff? And now they're giving up more stuff. And we're like, oh, this guy that you put out is bad. You got to do it. I would agree. (laughs) Like maybe that does fall on us on some level. But at the same time, like they didn't actually give up as much control as you think. Like I tried to do a debugging guide and they gave me some commit bits. But at the end of the day, like I realized I was really just copying a blog post over from my blog to their guide. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, I don't know, like, but that's I, the only thing that I, really let with, anyone work on. I agree with Josh. Like, you know, everyone here has provided some kind of content to the media community that doesn't need to be in the guide because all of us have our own voice, we have our own opinions, and people listen to us because of that, right? If our all of our opinions just went into the guide, no one would know the like originality that we bring to the table for the type of content that we write, you know, and like. I think I don't want any of my stuff in the guide because that's like obby content. Like if you want to learn, like if you want to learn Meteor the way that I would like to teach it to you. And I think the guide is more like, this is a very general way of understanding it. And maybe that doesn't help beginners. Maybe that's what's Maybe, maybe beginners need a discover Meteor like guide and yeah. professional people just need like some like table reference where they can just like pull it out. And, okay, cool. Like yeah. the, the topics, if there was going to be a, you know, welcome to Meteor book right now, it's just, it's a thicker book, you know, it's just harder. So yeah, I agree with that. I would yeah. agree with that. But I, I do think so to like answer the original question Ben asked and started all this with, I, I would still probably recommend Meteor. Like my hesitation with feathers is like what Avi was talking about, right? Like I need to go figure out Webpack and I need to go figure out like how to make sure my build tool is running the right way and all that kind of stuff. And like that gives me pause. Like I realize at the end of the day, it might only be a weekend of work, but I'm not sure I want to spend that weekend up front, like getting all that ready and, and getting it done correctly. And, you know, it's, it is the JavaScript fatigue problem. Like there's too many choices. Like do I punt? on webpack and go with steel js or something like that like i don't know but yeah. with meteor you know i i deal with the slower build times and just you know it works yeah there's yeah. that webpack joke it's like the webpack joke is like oh gonna start a new project today uh spend 12 hours on webpack <laughs> yeah i'm not gonna do the project anymore <laughs> I got preprocessors working though. Yeah, yeah, but <laughs> you know? so there's definitely some benefits there. Yeah, and to be clear, I would I I actually recommended Meteor to a new person today. So that, you know, absolutely. But I am I, I do have my eyes open for for what's next. Maybe you know, if someone could figure out 
you know, the Sinatra of, <laughs> of meteor. Like I, I might be interested in that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I still think like for all the, the, the rallying I do against having eager loading still in there and having to use an imports folder, I think that's still like an eye on the new user and deciding like they can still do things the old way yeah. and uh, write code that still functions in a way that's easy, that they don't have to go grok like ES6 syntax necessarily. Yeah. If Meteor was not in 1.3 and knowing what I know now, I would not recommend it to a beginner because <laughs> let me tell you, this is why, because if you're a junior person, your job is to get the next job, right? Your job is to get the next position that you really want. Maybe you're working at some like stupid agency. Um, just kidding. <laughs> I'm not working there anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Paul, don't, don't hate me. Uh, maybe you're working at some really crappy job and you're using Meteor and like, Right off the bat, like your the standards of like how people code is completely different than maybe the next job you're gonna get, right? And I think like if you're trying to if you're a junior person and you're trying to get to the next level, you kind of have to go with what the industry is doing, using tools, all that stuff. Like if you're still writing code with globals and you go to your like your your interview and someone asks you like, oh yeah, what kind of module systems you guys use, or how'd you guys you know pack up all your stuff? The junior person is going to be like, oh, don't you mean just putting a global variable equals an object and putting everything on that and exporting it from a package.js file that doesn't exist anywhere else but Meteor? Like, these are the things that I would be hesitant to tell a junior person to go fall in love with and do, right? But 1.3, you don't have to do that. You would just do it normally. And so yeah. your argument was, so I'm confused. So you're saying, you're saying you wouldn't recommend 1.3 before you said 1.3 or before, or 1.2 and lower, you would recommend. To yeah, no, like, but now one. This is for a beginner, for a beginner, right? I'm talking about from what I just said right now. It's kind, of, yeah, of course. It's okay. kind of confusing. I would say Meteor is perfect. Yeah, because, that's what you would say. <laughs> because 1.3 is still the 1.2, and so a beginner would be able to jump in with Blaze, yeah, with Globals. Don't have to deal with modules, anything. In fact, and be ridiculed. I would bet <laughs> Discover Meteor still works. With with one point three, mm -hmm. you know? yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, right. There you go. So there's for beginners. Okay, now the question of saying is Meteor too complicated, too thick, or whatnot. Now what Abby said before is like it's not so much Meteor that's thicker; it's JavaScript that is thicker, and you've yeah. got to know this stuff anyway to get a job. So do it, and it's not like don't blame the the fatigue on Meteor. In fact. Meteor is going to provide an environment that's a lot more friendly for you to learn. Those yeah, that's true. Things. I guess so yeah. it's like the mix, and I so, still think 1.3 is even more relevant. Start recommending it, Avi. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And now I'm leaving. <laughs> I'm dropping the mic. I'm so if I'm, if I'm a junior yeah. dev and I did YouTube, guys, I don't know if I got a hand. No, it's because like I, I classified beginner different than junior developer for some reason. Like For me, beginner was when I was a beginner, I didn't have a programming job. I was online on Reddit and Hacker News, like typing stuff into my terminal, and like I was a beginner. When I was a junior developer, I realized my career—this is what I wanted my career to be. So, how do I be the best at this? So I, it's a different, I remember those two feelings. Yeah, so yeah. the different standpoints. And totally. Looking at those different standpoints and giving the meteor to both of them in the current condition—you know—a little different for each. It is a little different, and I think it would be up to the person 
that's recommending it to frame it in the way knowing who you're talking exactly, about. Exactly, yeah. But it's cool that Meteor can serve both of them and in a very different way. Yeah, right, that's cool. That is cool. I would just say junior dev, if he's using Meteor now, and you're going to an interview, you just say, I, I've been working on React, and that's all you got to say. Don't mention Meteor, just talk about React, and you're you'll be good. Well, and, and apparently uh, React devs get paid like 10x the rest of the industry. I don't know. Yeah. They do. 10x, but they are at the top of the, the front-end framework average income there. Before, yeah, before I got my job, the new job that I'm moving to, there was a large company, like a large international, very popular company that was going to move everything over to Meteor and their headquarters in Chicago, their developer team's headquarters there. The, the salary was insane. <laughs> it was just insane. And uh, it was all Meteor. So I would React. say that Meteor's salary is like above React. No, like, no, no. <laughs> No, I would disagree. Oh, yes. And then knowing Josh's hourly rate as well, I would say it's much higher. Than yeah, I don't do enough work at that rate. That's the problem. Funny. Funny guy. <laughs> shouldn't have told him your rate, Josh. Shouldn't have. Shouldn't have. He said he had work for me. I told him. Oh, no. Weasel did that at me. Oh, that all. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, you know, I had a conversation about the rate today and they're like, oh my God. And I was like, it's not that high. <laughs> like everybody else that's at my level is probably going to be charging around that and they're pretty booked up. So, you know, yeah. like it's kind of, we all talk who's in, who's in the community. We know everyone's hourly rate and whatnot. And then we also hire contract media developers too. Okay, grow. And there are these boxes for uh, beginner, mid, and then senior and everyone like pretty much falls in the box and and like Josh, your rate is very competitive in the box that you fall in. Like without a doubt. Like there's other developers out there that we've hired too and, and they're in the same price range. Yeah, yeah. If someone came to me, you know, it's funny, like I had this conversation today about my rate and they're like, well, like, what would a good senior person be? And I was like, I wouldn't pay a senior person under eighty dollars an hour. Like I would question what they were doing if they gave you a rate lower than that like, yeah. or how much experience they actually have. Most yeah. definitely. That is not a senior guy yeah. as a contractor. Yeah. yeah. Maybe, maybe like a side gig for yeah, a senior guy. Side gig. If you get them on a good, good day, you yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we're at the end of our hour here. It has been 100. fun. Yeah, we should have gone for a hundred minutes, maybe. No. Oh yeah. Abby's <laughs> girlfriend would kill him. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> it has been a real pleasure to do a hundred shows with all of you gentlemen, and I thank you for that. So. Yes, a hundred more. Ooh, yes. Hopefully. Thank you, Josh. Thank Thanks, you, Josh, Josh, for this yeah. platform. It's been great. Yes. And your friendship and your guidance. It has been an amazing. And you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna put myself under the gun too. I hope maybe tomorrow or sometime this week, I'm going to announce Crater Mobile Conf as well, uh, which is going to be July 13th to the 15th. And I've got some good speakers lined up, a lot of React Native stuff going on, a little bit of Cordova stuff. So it's going to be super interesting. Some Meteor stuff as well. Do have a mobile talk if you want some? Dude, and Avi is a very entertaining talkers so Indeed. he killed it at the last one you should have like a round table 
with like expert Cordova person, expert React Native, and have them go at it. Mm. Well, so uh, James, I think you guys are going to meet him later. Well, you guys, you guys met him at or Ben met him at uh, Space Camp. James Baxley, he works at the uh, New Spring yeah. Church. Yeah, I contributed on Apollo with that. Yeah, game. yeah. But he's going to give a talk on going from Cordova to React Native and like using Meteor as the back end. So right. that'll, that'll be, cool. be super interesting. That'd be a smart guy. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. All right. Thanks, guys. All right. Tune See in ya. next week. See ya. Bye. This has been a Space Dojo production. You can find out more information about Space Dojo at spacedojo.com. It's easy to join the mailing list and stay in the loop. That's S-P-A-C-E-D-O-J-O dot com.